0: what's up everybody my name is andrew creel and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the pursuit podcast if you're a first-time listener get ready to be inspired motivated and learn about the pursuit of my guest today and if you're back again for another episode thank you so much for your continued support you have no idea how much this means to me the pursuit podcast is about everyday people and their chase of their goals every single day we all make choices that mold and affect our future certain moments or decisions weigh more heavily than others But in the end, they all matter, achieving happiness, securing the new job, creating a successful relationship, even just getting out of bed in the morning on time. You get the picture. Life is not always easy and learning about other journeys can give you valuable perspective on your own life. Join in and listen as I talk to individuals from different walks of life, such as teachers, coaches, students, professionals and more as we discover the common themes along their pursuits and their lives that blind us all. While listening to these people's journeys, I hope these conversations add value to your life and ultimately make you more aware that your journey matters. Ed waited no time getting personal and deep into his life ed talked about losing his sister in the fifth grade and how that shaped his decisions moving forward in life such as being there for his mother and wanting better for himself we even talked about how growing up in the bronx shaped his mindset and his way of thinking what led him into transferring to Monsignor Scanlon high school my alma mater in his 10th grade year and how he established himself with the upperclassmen boys and girls as a lover we get into how he knew school wasn't for him and how him getting cheated on led into creating the first step team in school history called The Players. What was once a way to get girls into liking him turned into a movement with him in charge of 30 girls and guys. The Players found instant success within Scalin and the neighboring community, winning countless talent shows and even receiving opportunities to perform at the legendary Apollo Theater and former president, Bill Clinton. Ed started to see how The Players was his calling in life. Being mentored by individuals in the music industry, allowed Ed to learn what he wasn't learning in school—business ethics, contracts, and managerial duties. Him gaining that language only gave him a glimpse of his future success. The Players was a well-known brand in the early 2000s, winning national championships, appearing at America's Got Talent, and even the NBA All-Star Game in 2001. Him and his team even toured alongside the likes of Alicia Keys, Usher, and Beyonce. Ed talks about his transitional period from the players to making beats and finding a passion for music, and how he was successful in that, winning countless beat competitions within New York. I get to relive high school for a little bit because this is how I actually met Ed in 2011. He decided to come back where it all started, home. He talked about the he talked with the principal and reestablished the players to his Spartan and QU step teams. He get into he gets into how he wants to be more than just a step coach. He was and is a mentor, big brother, motivator, advocate, and most importantly, a friend. To round out the conversation, we get into how he started weightlifting and how rapper 50 Cent indirectly inspired him to keep going. We jump into the conversation of fatherhood and how him being a father has been the most fulfilling and important thing to him. All right, I'm done chatting. It's time for the interview with Ed Nelson. In life, everyone has a journey. Now join me in listening to Ed Nelson's pursuit of saving lives here on the pursuit podcast enjoy my boy my boy picked up on the first ring yo it was good Ed, how
1: you I'm good, my brother. How you doing, man?
0: Doing very well. I want to thank you for giving me your time, a little hour out of your time. I know you're very, very busy with everything that you do, so I appreciate that.
1: No problem, man. Not at all. Not at all.
0: What you up to today? What you doing?
1: Today, I'm officially on uh, Daddy Daycare. I got my <laughs> youngest son here, Mace Boogie. You know,
0: Mason, the heartthrob himself. Yeah, he does a little
1: modeling, right? Yeah, he models. Yeah, he models and he plays baseball like I used to do.
0: <laughs> like you used to do. <laughs>
1: yeah, when I was when I was younger, little league was my life.
0: <laughs> All right, so I don't do any intros on this podcast. I let the people talk for themselves. So if mm-hmm. you can explain yourself right now to everyone who's listening, who you are in the world today, right now, who who is Ed Nelson?
1: Well, Ed Nelson is an entrepreneur. I run my own entertainment company called the Players Club Entertainment, and the word player stands for participating in the lives among youth to educate and restore society. We are an organization that uses talent to steer people from the wrong path to the right path. So what it is, is we take our talents, whether it's stepping, modeling, music production, songwriting, uh, anything of that nature. And we get that to get people's attention. That once we get your attention, then we bring you in to help you through the hardships of life. So we use the form of entertainment just to grab your attention, and then we bring you into the company to help you steer your life into the right path. So that's what I'm on right now. That's why I'm at in my life right now. Uh, I have a modeling company called Rockstars, production company called Hidden Productions, which stands for History in the Making. I also have an exercise fun- a fraction of my company called um, King Leo's Spartan Workout, which is personal training, also boot camps for basketball teams, uh dance companies, things of that nature. And also I manage my youngest son in the modeling world. So that's where Ed Nelson is right now.
0: Damn, you all over right now. You're getting yeah, after you getting
1: out Yeah you have to be. You have to be. You you can't stagnate on one thing because you never know which one is gonna pick up. So you give a little bit of each one And, you know, you never know which one is going to bring you to the top or help you reach your goal.
0: Definitely feel you on that. So you're from the Bronx, New York. What what part of the Bronx?
1: I'm originally from the Grand Concourse, 170. Let's go, Yankees! (laughs)
0: 170. And um, any experiences growing up that that shaped you so far into who you are?
1: Well, uh, yeah, growing up, um, when I was 12 years old, in 1990, 91, um, my sister was shot and killed. At the age of twenty, uh, and that that made me understand the first thing of heartbreak, and it made me believe and help me become a stronger person because when you lose your loved one like that, especially in a violent matter, I you know when I was I was in fifth grade when my sister died. I tried to kill myself. I, I really tried to kill myself because that was my my sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, uh, uh my eight uh, an eighth grade teacher, she wasn't my eighth grade teacher. I was in the fifth grade. An eighth grade teacher by the name of Miss Brophy. You know, um, I went to Christ the King Middle School, which is in, on 160, like ninth in like the Grand Concourse. She pulled me to the side every Friday and she helped me express myself. She let me express myself because I was, even in fifth grade, I was going through depression, suicidal thoughts, um, and things of that nature. But that lady helped me become the man I am because now I never give up on myself and I never give up on other people no matter what it is that they go through in life or what I go through in life that was one of the worst moments of my life and I got through it so if I could if I got through that losing a, a, a sister that raised me from as a kid and and seeing her body in the newspaper on the ground covered you know in the middle of the street knowing that that's my mother's only daughter and I had to I had to protect my mom during that time as a 5th grader I had to become the man of the house you know what I mean yeah. so that that that's the first thing that molded me into the man that I am losing my sister at 12 years old and and having and have to become the man that I am now I had to because I had to be there for my mother losing her only daughter
0: so growing up at a young age and experiencing that and you say you were able to express yourself like on Fridays and be able to talk about it were were there any yes. other ways that you were able to express yourself like through music sports or like any well, other Well once
1: way? once I I expressed myself uh I was in the, the the band of my school at Christ the King and um I was a good drummer so yeah. music yeah. definitely definitely music man um people don't realize how important music can be in your life Because certain songs can hit a nerve that either, A, inspire you to be better, or B, you know, if somebody's not in the right mind, can lead you to another path. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you have to understand entertainment is entertainment. But, you know, the songs that are inspiring and, and, and the words that are inspiring, you're supposed to take that to help you mold you into a better person. You know, that's why I listen to Stevie Wonder all the time. Stevie Wonder has so many songs that if you sit down and listen to that, um, you know you'll you'll probably cry. It's, it's not even sad songs, but it's if you hear his words, especially no matter what you've been through in life, he got a song for everything. So, <laughs> you know, music definitely helped me. I was a singer at that time too. Uh, as once I got to like eighth grade, I started singing because boys to men and and Jodeci and Wow. You
0: you was a singer or you was a singer? Yeah, I was singer. a singer.
1: I was a you singer. Was a singer, singer. Yes, I was in church my whole life. <laughs> All right. So. When Boys to Men came out, that inspired me to be in a group because when I heard um, "It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday," oh. that song yeah. obviously reminded me of my sister, and then it and then singing that song made me realize at that time how much I enjoyed actually singing. So me and a, a couple of my cousins, we got together at the church choir and we started not only singing gospel, we started singing Boys to Men. And I was doing it for a minute, had a manager and everything. But um, once I got into step, I kind of like left singing alone because step got me past further than anything I've ever done singing or even playing baseball. Because I played baseball from from basically fifth grade to ninth grade. And then once I transferred into the school called Scanlon, it had a step team. And once I saw that, I just was like, yeah, I'm doing that. And and honestly, that shaped me into everything that I have now. And while I'm on your show right now, if I if I didn't switch the step, I never would have even known you, my brother.
0: That's true. that's true. We'll definitely get into that. So being growing up before high school, what? Because you, you lived in the Bronx, you lived on the Grand Concourse side. So like what made you go all the way to Scanlon for high school?
1: Uh, My freshman year, I went to a school called O'Hallows. Oh, yeah, I that's to- right there. Yeah, I went there to play baseball, but I went because a guy that was my role model, my older brother. He's not my real older brother, but he when my sister died, this guy was my bully. But when my sister died, he became my best friend because his father was shot and killed in the street. Hold on,
0: hold up. So he was mm-hmm. he was your bully. Yes, he used to bully me. <laughs> he used to bully me, like knock on my door, punch me in my face when I opened the door.
1: Like, all of that, man. You know, this was the late '80s, early '90s when bullies was real out here. No internet bullies, yeah, hands and feet bullies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, you know, when he found out my sister died, you know, he knew the pain I was going through because his father was shot and killed in the street, and um, you know, he went to All Hollows. So I used to go to All Hollows When I was in fifth grade, he was in eighth. So when he was in ninth, I was in sixth. So I would go to All Hollows back and forth to all the events, open houses. Cool. Everything he did, I was there. So I had a connection. But but God told me I needed to be my own man when I, when I got to, like, my freshman year. And I'm going to keep it at 100. All boys' schools wasn't doing it. You know what I mean? Nah, I the lunch The lunch lady, she was a little older, but she was kind of thick. And she knew what she was doing She would wear tight pants on purpose It's an old boy school yeah. So you know When you start fantasizing About an old lady every day It's time to go You know what I'm saying <laughs> It's time to get out of there. So um, I tried to go to Spelman first But my grades was too low Yeah that's a good pick and then, uh, So Spellman somebody- and
0: Spellman, Low key to only co-ed schools in the Bronx
1: yeah, definitely And the other ones are only in Queens and Brooklyn yep. Which is the the high school Christ the King That's in Queens And then there's Bishop Ford and, and Malloy They all Queens They all Queens and Brooklyn I wasn't doing that trip yeah, So, right. um, only reason I knew about Scanlon When I was in All We played and as a uh, You know, because we were Division One. Scanlon at that time Baseball was Division Three. Yep. So we played it as as a preseason And we whooped them 31 to 1. Like, whooped them. Whooped them. Like, it was terrible. Like, But uh, when I, I, so I said, you know what? That's a co-ed school. You know what? I get to go somewhere where I can be myself. I'm not going to be Greg's little brother. When I get to this school, at that time, my nickname was Ed Lover because I was a singer. Everybody's going to know me as Ed Lover and not Greg's little brother. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. You wanted to be your own person already.
1: I wanted to be definitely, I had to be my own person. God and something God said, "Yo, take that chance, like get out of being comfortable." Because I've been on a concourse my whole life. Went to Christ the King, then went to O'Hallows. O'Hallows, yeah. You didn't day. really
0: get out that shell. You didn't get out that exactly, bubble.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly.
0: So then, going over to scaling, um, you, I I would say you probably grew up pretty faster than anyone else because of what what happened in your life. But how was that transition year going to high school that first year, that freshman year?
1: Um, that freshman year, you know what was crazy. There was a place called Skate key back in those days. And I used to go to Skate key every Saturday. Me and my the guy I called my brother, we used to go every Saturday. And when I got to Scanlon, lo and behold, half the people in that school would go to Skate key too. And I recognized a lot of them. I'm like, yo, ain't you being the key? And they'd be like, yeah, ain't you that guy with the hazel eyes To be with that other guy with the hazel eyes? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. So... It wasn't as bad I had like a couple of people That went to Christ the King With me That went to Scanlon Right after 8th grade Compared to me transferring In 10th grade Yeah So it wasn't as bad You know It wasn't as a bad Of a transfer Because the i am be honest the, the ladies They loved me I had the chain I said I love her And they was like Why they call you This is a, literally Drew this is the first day of school On the Q44 Yeah I was a <laughs> sophomore I was a sophomore And there was seniors And juniors in the back the seniors were the basketball players, and the girls were juniors. So they were like, um, "Yo, why your chain say I love Lover? And I said, "Because I sing." And mind you, seven fifteen in the morning, and um, they like, "Oh, so sing." So they didn't realize, you know, I go to church, so I'm used to singing morning, noon, and night. Boy, I go to a black church, and I start singing "Black Street" right there on the bus, seven fifteen in the morning. Man, all the girls was like, "Oh, he for really sing?" Yeah, so he that really earth, sing. But I earned my respect that day from the boys that were seniors. Cause they was like, oh, this dude showed improve." Like, we put him on a spot and he showed improve. So I was walking around the school and people were already they, they ain't you that dude that was singing on the bus earlier. Uh-huh. I didn't know nobody. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, but the girls was coming. They like, hi, I love. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like this
0: So you definitely enjoyed high school, like getting into it. Um, Man, yeah. we, we're definitely going to get into the big part of the player club and how you started that and how you like revolutionized what step was. Uh, what, how, and with who did you exactly start the players club with?
1: Okay, so uh, when I was in Scanlon, my junior year, the backstory to the players clubs is once again here comes
0: Skaky. Skaky was a big part of our lives in the night. Hold on, where, where was Skaky? All
1: right, at that time, Skaky. Had moved to 138th and right off the Grand Concourse by Mitchell Projects. Oh, wow. So before Skanky was on Allerton, but when I transferred to Scanlan, they closed Skanky down on Allerton and opened it up on 138th. So at that time, that was anybody that was a teenager or a young adult. That's where you went, especially if you was from the Bronx or Harlem. If you were somebody that goes out and have fun, you went to Skanky.
0: And for the people who don't know. Like myself, what was the age range and what what went down? Okay, key? so
1: skatey so had all ages. They had different sessions. So teenagers usually went to the session that started at four o'clock and ended at seven o'clock. Then, if you wanted to stay to the next session where people was like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen started coming, then you would stay inside and it starts at seven thirty and then it ended at ten thirty. Now, if you was eighteen and over. You come at 11 o'clock and you stay at three in the morning. So those those were the sessions. So as you got older, you started, they started allowing you to stay to the next session, the next session.
0: Mm, Any pay? Any like cover? cover
1: Yeah, yeah. You had to pay to get in. Then even if you stayed over. So let's, I'm just going by. I can't remember the price. So let's say it was $10 to get in. If you wanted to stay over, they charge you $4 because you're already inside. But you got to pay $4 to come back inside. Ooh, okay. Compared to going outside and having to pay a whole nother $10. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that you know, and that, and that, remember at this time, there was no cell phones like that. It was no, you know what I mean? Everybody had to really communicate. You was on pay phones. Call them. You coming tonight? Yeah. All absolutely. right. You know what I'm saying? You had to call people house. Like, hello, Miss Johnson. Is Tyra home? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Players Club, it started 1996.
1: Okay, so. Players Club started because uh, a girl I was dating From that era, Skakey era She literally um, Used me To get to other guys that was within My crew that was in Scanlon So when I got to Scanlon, by the time my Junior year came, I was cool With a lot of people that were seniors And of course freshmen and sophomores And juniors from my year That we all went to Skakey together See this is the thing, we all went to Skakey together So one day when my The girl I had cheated on me um, I was at home and unfortunately at that time I was young so I'm thinking about just using and abusing girls emotionally not physically I would never touch a woman let's be clear but I was like you know what my heart is hurt so now what I'm gonna be a player I kept saying this I'm gonna be a yeah, player I'm a a young man be yeah yep so when I on the q 40 delivery on the Q44 I didn't laugh joke everybody's looking like yo what's up with Ed? why are you not joke so in my mind I'm cultivating what what this crew is going to be so I get to the lunchroom I had Miss Flynn at 8.15 so I got to the lunchroom
0: God bless Miss Flynn God bless <laughs> yeah
1: Miss Flynn she's still around but that lady did not play no yeah, games she anybody much. she ain't play no she was the one teacher you did her homework <laughs> and um so I get to the audit when I get to the lunchroom I just go to my boys I go everybody get to the table so I say yo Check this out We gonna be The players club Alright We gonna be a crew We gonna go skate We gonna get all the girls In this But there were girls Sitting there too So they was like Well we wanna be players too And I'm like I don't care But then I said Alright everybody Gotta come up with Nicknames That 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 gives that player style. So I said, I'm Playboy. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm gonna have all the girls. And then we had the only Spanish guy. His name was Jason, but so he changed his name to Casanova because he was like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm the one. Because he was he always lied to girls. He said whatever he has to say. Especially in Scanlon. He said whatever he had to say. And he was getting them. So, you know, we all came up with these dips. So we had friends in Hayes. We had friends in Spellman, We had friends. At this time, there was a all-boys school called Rice High School. And in the 90s, they were like the ultimate basketball school. Like, if you really wanted to play ball, yeah, you go top, to Rice.
0: That's like top one.
1: Yeah, you go to Rice. And, you know, unfortunately, it closed down. But at that time, if you went to Rice, everybody knew you played ball for real. And um, so we have all of these different people So it just started as a bunch of guys and girls That could dance and step That was the thing Once again, it was skate key. We would go with routines And we would have shirts made Like these shirts cost $3 to make they were cheap looking, but because it was 30 of us wearing these shirts, people was like, Wow, who's this? Even the owner Skate Key? He's the guy that got me into a business mindset because I we walked in 30 deep and everybody knew I was the leader because I had number one on my shirt. Not so hilarious. like, oh that guy's the leader. you know, they like, oh, that guy's the leader. So if we were so popular, and once again, this is no internet, from dancing and stepping just inside of Skate Key, whenever we would leave, if we would leave. Half the crowd would leave They would literally leave They're like Oh the players club Ain't here no more We out So the the, the owner realized that He pulled me to the side He said listen um, You guys take these flyers And it has your name on it So anybody that comes in with this We're gonna give you guys A percentage of the money And mind you Drew at this time I'm a junior in high school Ooh, I don't know nothing about business
2: yeah. We just came in
1: here to get girls I don't. I wasn't thinking about money Or or even, like, becoming... So, it forced me to learn how to be a businessman. Because we were high school, but we were so popular that grown men and women... I'm talking about grown, Drew. We, like, 15, 16, These people are 28, 29, 30. Being down with us. Like, coming to me. Like, yo, Mick, I'll be down with y'all. I'm like, dog, don't you got kids? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's the influence we had. Just from being performers and... People used to make their own shirts run up to me Yo, can I be down play? Look, I made my own shirt Like, man, you can't do that Like, But that's how we had it We had it that way And um, what happened was We got into a, 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 a few of our steppers was performing on the train Somebody that worked at the White House was on the train Now, this is during the Bill Clinton administration mm-hmm. They said, hey, would you guys like to do that at the White House? Of course, we didn't believe it because, you know, we like, well, okay. So we gave the guy number and everything like that. And two weeks later, they called us. It's like, listen, we're going to book y'all bus. We want y'all to come out here and step for the president. We like, what? So we went out there. We went out into the front lawn. He came out. He watched us. And then they asked, what does players stand for? And at that time, we just was really like about all the women. Oh, and I just, I had no idea what to say. I was like. So this is the slick thing One of my steppers He came up with the acronym Because of Nike Nike used to have a slogan called play And it was participating in the lives among youth And it stopped right there That was a Nike slogan So he said Participate in the lives among youth And then the ERS He said to educate and restore society That's That's (laughs) lit He already had it without me even knowing And I looked at him I said "Yep, shoot Okay. Yeah, that that. <laughs> so that's so that's where we came up with our slogan and what players stand for. Because once again, if we get into the business world, and they don't want to hear you about getting girls, you got you gotta be about something. If I'm gonna donate money to you, if I'm gonna give you money or this or that, or
0: yeah, it gotta be platform, something more. Yeah,
1: it had yeah. So that's 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 where um that's where players came from and the sl- the name and stuff like that. So, with so the, that's how it all started It started on the exact date March 24, 1996 At 7.45am In the Scanlon lunchroom
0: So with the growing success And influence that you had And like the time frame from creation to the White House Where did you start to like showcase Your talents as a dance and step team?
1: Oh, we doing it from day one. We used to, before all these guys, as people see now, getting light on the train and stuff. We was doing that when there was no smartphones, none of that. We were on the train, stepping to make money. We never, never once have we ever had a sponsor sponsor us anywhere. Every show we did became we out of our own pockets. We earned the money by performing on the trains, performing outside. Like, we did it ourselves, you know what I mean? We, we've we had managers here and there, like, help us through Help us get like commercials and things like that. But for out of the twenty-three years, for a lot of years, we did everything on our own. You know, we of course we had people help us through. But I, you know, I was the head spear the whole time. You know what I mean? So um, we, like I said, from day even in Scanlon, we was doing a showtime at the Apollo as seniors in high school. You know, God rest her soul, Sister Marie O'Donnell. I loved that woman for the rest of my life. That was the best principal ever had in my life. And she believed in everything we did she believed in everything we did because she knew the passion that i had about it and when we did the apollo and i went to i said sister marie can you announce this i know it's not a part of the school but can you please announce this we just because the apollo you have to have audience members in order to win because apollo that's how you win by cheering so sister marie said okay For three weeks, every other day, Sister Marie would get on the PA and say, don't forget the step teams performing at the Apollo, performing at the Apollo. And uh, we got to the Apollo, and I'm like, yo, man, ain't nobody going to come, especially from Scanlon. Ain't nobody coming. We like, hopefully just our parents. And Drew, listen, man, they said coming to the stage, and they said, "Represent Monsignor Senior in High School." Give it up for the players. And when they opened the curtain, Drew. I kid you. I, I get. I get emotional even thinking about it. Half the seniors was there, bro. No way. Fresh, freshmen was there. Junior. That's you Because at the stage, you can. Apollo was small. You can literally see. And when the lights came on, man, I seen people that I don't even know. Like personally, but I knew they was from Scanlan because I I seen their face, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. I started like crying right there. Like you heard the roar, I said, "Yo, we gonna win." I knew it, and I'm like, "Yo, we gonna win, man. Look, look how many people's here, and we we rocked out, and we won that night, man. First place, man. And it and it was because Sister Marie O'Donnell, God bless her soul, man. She had our back 100, percent and by her pushing and pushing. Scanlon came out that night man They came out deep And we got to school man And it was it was on from there It was on from there We won competitions and things like that We was bringing the trophies back to Even like when you were there You know when you was in school We was bringing those trophies back You know what I mean yeah. It was just like how we did in the 90s We did it again in 2012, 13,
0: and 14 You know So, with the growing success of that, and you was winning competitions, like I saw on your bio, you won um, 20 20 championships in the time span of two years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, You being a high school, like, which one kind of took, I guess, the lead in your focus? Was it more players, or was it more school? Like, what what really got your attention? I knew school, well, school
1: was, I've never been, uh, Scholastic person I've always been the type Like long as I pass I pass You know But the thing was Once As I started getting older And realized I was the leader of men I couldn't think that way You know what I mean So I really had to Try my best To make sure I gave my best Compared to just being all right. long as I pass I pass You know what I'm saying So of course The entertainment Always took the forefront, but I knew I couldn't keep it going if I didn't concentrate on school. So it got to the point even one time I moved out of my mom's house and moved with my father because I knew my father would make sure I did my homework. He would make sure I studied foot tests. Like, I knew he would make sure, you know? And I had to do that as a man. Like, yo, you know what? You know you gotta get on your game. So come over to your pops. Live with him for the rest of the school year. Get your grades back on point and then go back because the concourse, I was the man over there. You know, I was always just out and about and not really concentrating. And I saw it on my grades, and I had to say it myself. Even Sister Marie, she said, come on, um, Ed, like, you can do better than this. I was like, yeah, I know. I am. So I had to make that choice, you know?
0: And being the, being the leader of the players' club, you said it was really just only you, right? Like, you were number one?
1: Yeah, I was the top dog. Of course, I had other people that that was under me that I, I deemed second-in-charge, third-in-charge, stuff like that. But nobody... I made all final decisions. Nobody came into the players club unless I said so. Stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. It. And yeah.
0: then having, like, no phones and group chats, like, I feel like that's the only way people communicate now, like, if they want to communicate with a big team. Uh,
1: we Listen, bro, God bless. My, my mother's still alive. She's 75. Listen, all 30 people was in my house. <laughs> every weekend, every weekend, we would come to my house and – My mom would look at me like, "What are you doing?" But she knew she didn't want me outside, cause at that time, that's when the Bloods and the Crips just came to New York. Yeah. So she she rather all of us be in my house compared to being out, you know. So she took that sacrifice. Like she would come home sometimes. She'll see ten dudes laying on the floor asleep, (laughs) like two on the couch, knocked out because we just finished practice and you know everybody just you know. But my mom just took that L. She took that L. She she lost her house for a couple of years because it was like I right, my son is doing great things and I'd rather him be here with his boys than him be out there you know like I said the we lost my what sister, happened you know man. what I'm saying yeah. we lost my sister and 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 then my my first cousin me and him is a year was a year apart he was shot and killed in Virginia by his best friend because of the drug game you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. shot and killed shot in his head and his daughter was one day old man he never got to see his daughter. You know what I'm saying? So my mom always had that in the back of her mind. So she was like, nah, if y'all in the house, all right, cool. They can all come. Fine. She had an attitude, but she she was like, yeah, they can all come. Just let them be here compared to you being out there.
0: Yeah, at, le- at least, like, her mind was, like, clear of anything. Yeah, so exactly. As a leader, where, where and how did you schedule practices for your team?
1: Well, when we was in high school, you know, um, God bless hustle soul too, Sister Virginia I know she's gone She always let us practice during the weekday But on the weekends, we just practice at my house Like outside, literally outside In front of my building On the Grand Concourse And people used to come from all over They like, oh those guys are back in front of that building And we just be regular practicing But that's what got us to be so great Because we wasn't afraid to show off Or, or be in front of any kind of crowd At any moment and it was influencing people. You understand what I'm saying? Kids used to walk by the block acting like they were stepping just because they saw us. You know what I mean? So we were literally hood celebrities. Like, people think I'm lying. We were literally hood. The way these internet the internet celebrities are now, we were like that, just with no internet. Mm-hmm. So people came from Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens just to see us perform. And people knew we were somewhere. People were like, oh, we got to go to see the players. Just because we... You know, we was entertaining and we knew it changed people. We knew people fell in love with us. You know what I mean? On that
0: stage or on that dance floor. So that's how I was. When you, uh, finished, when you finished high school, what was your decision after high school?
1: After high school, I said, I'm going to still do this. I said, I'm going to find a way to make money doing this, you know, because it was always in my heart. I just didn't want it to be, okay, high school's over, that's it. You know what I mean Like I already knew college wasn't for me You know some some people college is for and College wasn't for me So I went into the real workforce But at that time I still was running Programs in other middle schools And public schools Not at Scanlon but public schools uh, Other Catholic schools I was in St. Catharines I was in a lot of other Catholic schools Still running you know teaching You know people step And making money off it as a job Compared to you know so that, that's what my and I said, yo, I'm gonna one day make this my own business where I could just live off it. Whether we teaching, performing on on the road, going different places, movie set, stuff like that. So that was what my goal was right after high school.
0: So after that you got into that business mindset. You wanna talk yes. about how you the decisions that led you to your overall success like uh, touring with Alicia Keys, Usher... Yeah, manager. I was just about to say
1: that. So basically, uh, I've known Alicia Keys when she was 14. I was like 16, 17. She was part of the, one of those schools that I used to teach in. Her, her manager and her vocal coach were basically like uncles to me, you know, big brothers. Um, they literally brought me everywhere with them because I was running that program. So every business meeting they would have... They were grooming me. They were grooming because they said, "Look, you have to learn the real business, the paperwork, building." Yeah, putting business. you under the wing, like just <laughs> exactly. Laugh. He said, "You have to learn this stuff because as you get older and your 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 company, the company grows, you have to be able to talk business because it ain't. You can't always pass it around Like, okay, oh, you do this for me.' No, you're gonna have to do it. So, you know, um, shout out to my mentors. You can Google them. Jeff Robinson, the CEO of MBK Entertainment." Um, We had Alicia Keys, uh, we had Elle Verna. Right now, we have an artist by the name of her, H-E-R. She's up for five Grammy nominations this year. She's very popular. And what's crazy is she's up for five Grammys, and our old client Alicia Keys is hosting the Grammys and Alicia Keys won 14 Grammys. You understand? The day Alicia Keys won five Grammys, I was right there. We had a a show at the Staples Center. You understand what I'm saying? Performing with Alicia Keys the the next day. So that Friday was the Grammys and she won the Grammys and we were all in LA. So my uncle literally would take me to Clive Davis, take me to Peter Edge. I'm I'm naming people that's big wigs in the music industry. And have meetings, he would just tell me, sit there and listen, take notes. And I would sit there and take notes, this and that. And then my other uncle, his name is uh, Joseph Conrad Robinson, which is his brother. He's the guy that literally found Alicia Keys. And um, he would take me to the studio, show me how to work with artists, show me how how business meetings are supposed to go, show me how to be an A&R, like how to listen for music, how to find acts and stuff like that. So being in that environment made me understand okay take what i know and and that's how you have to make it bigger you know what i mean so that's where i started and that's how i got into the business mind frame was because of my two mentors joseph conrad robinson and jeff robinson of mbk entertainment
0: so are you starting to like find a passion for business like enjoying the process of learning in that environment and being around those certain people It's,
1: it's, it's, it's beautiful but when you realize how hard it is because you have other people lives in your hand. They going by what you tell them and they're going by what you promise them. You understand what I'm saying? So as a as a manager, I always try to be transparent. I always try to be, okay, listen, this can't happen. I'm I've never been the one to be like, yeah, this is gonna happen. We're gonna make it. We I've been like, listen, this may not happen. So what's plan A, B, C, D, and E? You have to go through life like that. You have to have A, B, C, D, and E. E is for emergency. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? So you could t- quote that. Don't steal my stuff, y'all. Okay, anybody out there? Don't don't steal my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the goal of life, and that's true. That's that, that's true, Drew. A, B, C, D, E is for emergency.
0: Yeah, I, ne- I never. I always heard I have A, B, and C, but I never had all the way to E. Listen, the
1: E is for what? Emergency Exactly You got to That's why I do so many things Drew Because let's say just recently I hurt my feet Yeah, So so A I couldn't step B I couldn't do exercise But I still could do other stuff Why? Because I had A B C D and E As an emergency If If I didn't live my life Like that Who knows where I'd be bro
0: that's a fact. That's a fact. I, yeah, looking at your Instagram bio, you got so many things that you do, and like it, it's cool because you got you got your hands in different things, that you know they all make you who you are. Yes. Can you uh, describe a couple of the environments or like cool stories, like w- working around the likes of Alicia Keys, Usher,
1: and Beyonce? Oh, yeah, I got. You. Listen, let me tell you guys this one story. Alicia Keys is the most humble, beautiful woman in the world, and I don't mean physically. So one time. I think it was Virginia We were driving And Alicia Keys Saw Kids going to A a prom So Alicia pulls over and, And says She wants to go inside To congratulate the kids Going to the prom Okay And you know Our manager's like No man You can't do that Like Alicia No matter Even though she knew How popular she was She always wanted to just give back, she always wanted to be with the people, you understand, that's her, like if you look at her now, she doesn't wear makeup she been stopped wearing makeup, because that's just the kind of person she is, she wants to be real she's from the hood, so that's just how she was, so they go to the principal, they talk to the principal and say hey can they, can she come in and say hi to the kids, whatever they go inside <laughs> the principal says listen we got somebody here that want to say hi to y'all Alicia has a body, had a bodyguard his name was Carter, Carter Carter's about 6'8", about 320, mm. right? Big dude. Carter stands in front, and he goes, somebody wants to say hi. Ah, Alicia goes, hi, y'all, it's me, Alicia Keys, whatever. Just want to say congratulations. And once the kids realize it really was her, mayhem. They all ran. They ran to try to get her. Carter jumps up. <laughs> they break, they break Carter's legs into, like, two places, man. There's no way. They rolled him down. We had to drive. We had to throw in the car and drive off. But why did she do that? Not for money, not for fame. She just really wanted to give back. She really wanted to touch and say, hey, guys. I'm happy for you, congratulations. But you know, when you're that popular, sometimes you can't do that, man. But that's just where her heart was. So that's always going to be my best story for her because she did something from the bottom of her heart. She just wanted to touch the audience. She wanted to. She just wanted them to know that she was proud of them. You understand what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. So with your step team, like you won a lot of awards that that yes. I saw online. Uh, just step shows at colleges, St. Joseph's College, Lehman College, St. John's yeah. Step Show. Uh, everywhere. 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 And then you also accomplished more televised goals. Yes. Showtime at the Apollo, America's, mm-hmm. America's Got Talent. Yes. World Tour with Felicia Keys, the NBA mm-hmm. All-Star Weekend. Yes, sir. Music Awards, World mm-hmm. Tour with Felicia Keys and Beyonce. And you even did a movie with the River of Thundermint.
1: Yes. First, now just to say that let me. Explain that one. That one was only shown in Europe, in every opera house in Europe. That movie was filmed. It was by the most popular director in Europe. He came to America. They was looking for a group, a guy that was managing us at the time had the connection. He made it happen. And we took girls from your years of scaling, because you were still in Scan at the time. We yeah. took some girls that were juniors and seniors. And we took them to the movie set, man. They did they they filmed for like two weeks. They got paid, you know, and they got to be seen, you know, all over Europe. And that's what I mean by what players do. We give opportunity. You know what I mean? We we help people see things they probably never thought they would see. You know what I'm saying? And that's the whole purpose of players. Like listen, you can do it. You just gotta you just gotta allow yourself to put that hard work in. And when you put that hard work in, anything can happen. Just last year, we did. Uh, we were the first step team to do a nationally televised uh, cooking show. Imagine that, a step team on a cooking show. But we did that from the Bronx. And I always say that. We're from the Bronx, New York. Grand Concourse is where it started. My and Scanlon High School is where it started. And we did things that even the Greeks that been out since 1906, they didn't even do. We did it. You know, so that's why I have so much pride and I'm so happy that, you know, somebody that 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 was on the wrong side of the road at certain points that I was able to get back on the right side of the road and grab other people that was on the wrong side of the road. I was taking dudes out of gangs, even people when you was in school, I was going to neighborhoods that guys that was in Scanlon in your years, going to their neighborhoods, going to the leaders of the gang. Like, listen, they're not doing this no more. See, a lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people don't know a lot of the things I did. People didn't understand why so many people were so close to me. Mm -hmm. They were so close to me because I was out there saving their life past high school, past them. them, I was going to neighborhoods where dudes had guns and knives and this. And I'm like, listen, this guy or this girl, they're not doing this no more. They're coming with me, they're part of me now, and this is what
0: they doing. That's a fact, and I think when we get into it, that that's what people didn't really understand what, what you were doing when, when I was in school. Mm-hmm. But you being the the first step team to be on America's Got Talent, right?
1: Yes, we introduced Step to that television show. Yes, we were.
0: That's incredible. Uh, just talk about that experience and how you even got there or how- Well, what's crazy
1: went. was um, one of the, my steppers at the time, she saw the audition. Mind you, America's Got Talent, nobody knew the show.
2: Yeah, it was she brand new.
1: The, she saw the audition and it was like for a new NBC television show called America's Our Talent. So she said, hey, let's go down there. Let's just audition. When we went down there, this is how new it was. It was like five people there. Because remember the, the so show audition? was five hours. Yeah, I thought audition, was like five people. So we went in there. It was an open audition. It wasn't crowded at all. Now, when you tell somebody open audition for a television show, it is it yeah. be thousands and thousands. But it was like five, ten people there the most. What? We Dancer, go in there, Dancers too? Sorry. Yeah, at that time it was a it was a a guy group, I remember too. It was a singing group. They were boys from Michigan and it was a couple of da- a couple of singers, a rapper, it was stuff like that. Okay. We go in there and um we do our thing and they go, What style of dance is it called? And I said step. They didn't know what it was. They was like, I've never seen this before. And these were Caucasian male and females from the ages of forty five and up that never saw this style of dance. And they were they were blown away. They was like, "Oh, we have to have you guys." You're, you wasn't supposed to be told you got this the spot. You supposed to wait. They told us right then and there. They said, "Not only are you guys in the show, you're gonna open the season." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but we didn't know. We didn't know how good it was going to be, you know. So they said, "Listen, it's gonna be eight of y'all. We're gonna fly y'all out. We're gonna give y'all a plate." Man, we stayed at the Marriott by the LAX. Yo, when I tell you that was the best trip I, and we went out there during the BET Awards weekend. So people thought I was 50 cent cuz I had chains on and I'm signing autographs and uh, <laughs> Yo, let me tell you man, that that show was was the best experience that we ever had and you know we performed, we made it all the way to the finals but we didn't, you know, we didn't win of course. But that showed me how hard television really is as a performer. You know, when you in the hood and on regular stages, people worship you. But these TV producers is a whole different story, cause they've seen it all, been it all, and they, you know, they already know what they kind of looking for. So it was a great experience, man. Especially being from the Bronx to do that, and and my mom and dad to see me on national television, and 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 I'm the one talking and and telling the world what players is this about. And man, it was fun, man. Like if we went out there two different times for that television show you know and they paid for everything it was a great, but we met so many people and you know there's certain people i'm still in contact with And this was over like 12 years ago i'm still in contact with certain people
0: that's that's unreal because like i, I can see like kids now thinking about america's got talent and they're probably thinking oh that's too far-fetched there's no way i can make it there you know nah, they can there.
1: do it we the, we the reason that malloy high school in queens got on in season eight because they called me personally. They said, listen, can players come back? We went, and then they said, listen, we got another group of young Asian boys from Malloy High School in Queens. I said, y'all know them. They was like, well, you think we should take the younger ones? I said, it's up to y'all, but go ahead, give them that shot because we already doing We did. We did our – people don't understand. Yeah, you, when you can say – You introduced. The, when you are the first, you understand what I'm saying? To say the first. Yeah, we history. are the first. History. That, that's, big, that's bigger than anything. You know what I mean? So even like the television show World of Dance, it was it, hold on. Yes, Bobby. Go get it, baby. I'm on the phone. Yeah, that's little Mason. Sorry guys. That's Mace. That's Mace Boogie. Um Yeah, but you know, to say you are the first that you open the doors, that's that's a great feeling, man.
0: But like being busy touring the world, breaking barriers and introducing the world to what to what step actually is, you never forgot where you came from and you and you're known for helping over 50 schools and programs start after school step programs and spoke in many junior high and high schools all over the city and saving lives wherever you went how did you find time and why did you even bother doing that
1: my sister man it all goes back to losing my sister that's what i mean that's why that's why you know uh, like i'm being tr- very transparent every school i go to I teach young females how to be women. I give them that knowledge that no man is going to be honest and give them to. I tell them how men, how a man can do this if you allow them to do this. My sister died because she loved the money. Dudes had money. She was there for it. Okay, And it cost her her life. Being with the wrong kind of guy at the wrong time. And it cost her her life. I never want to see that any mother go through what my mother went through. Any brother to go through what me and my brother went through. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why people are so close to me. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. And females don't ever hear a man tell them the truth that don't want nothing from them. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's one thing when a guy is telling you something. He's like, yeah, let me get a little bit. Me, I told people straight from the jump. I don't want nothing from you. I just want you to live your best life because I've seen what it is when girls are cutting themselves because they so heartbroken or they, uh, you know, misunderstood. Drew, in your years of high school, I could tell you, I Mm -hmm. could tell you how many girls that wasn't on the step team that used to come to me and be like, can you help me? Can you help me? Why? Because you helped her that's on your team and she told me to come to you. And for for you to help me had nothing to do with being sexual or being anything. It was yo. Can you save my life, Miss Miss McCoskill, You know her very well. Yes. You can tell me and. These girls need to hear it from a man. Can you please talk to them? Certain girls, I would try to talk to. Maybe they thought it was the wrong way, but it, I never said anything out of that. But I used to be like, "Hey, you know what? If you need somebody to talk to, you can listen to me." And it was certain people that just did not understand that and just thought whatever they thought. But you know why I never cared, Drew? Because I knew the truth. Yep, you knew. I knew you're the doing. truth. I knew what I was doing. And guess what, Drew, there was people that never said one word to me when they was in your school, but when they graduated and I came to them with opportunities, they was fucking with me. Excuse my legs, I'm sorry. They came, they was like, I, I, yeah, cool, I'll do it. Why? Because they realized, like, dag, I was judging a book by, you know, I, I, I was I was assuming, but now that I'm actually around this man and I'm hearing him talk and he's coming through with what he said he could do for me, now he's like my best friend, but I don't hold that personal. You know what I'm saying? Because once again, a lot of people don't have a man that's going to say, "Listen, you're doing this wrong. You are you are not doing this right." And guess what? I don't want nothing from you. I'm not telling you this so I can get with you. I'm telling you this because I don't want to see you on a concrete ground like I saw with my sister. Definitely. And that's the God on the truth.
0: I found a quote. I uh, think online or on your Instagram. If you want to explain it for me, all right? Mm-hmm. And I quote, in order to be a good chief, you have to be a
1: great soldier. End quote. Exactly. Exactly. So, A number one, people think being a leader is the best thing in the world until you realize when you are the leader, everything falls on you, good and bad. Absolutely. So, if you just want to be the leader, you have to learn how to be the leader. So, that's why you have to be a good soldier first. You have to be a great warrior first. You can't just jump and be the king. You can't just jump and be the, like I said, I, st- I learned how to be a man from the God I called my older brother. That's how I learned how to be a man. I was following him first. And then once I felt that I was a man enough at that time, I said, I have to leave this school and go to a different school where I can be the man. Now I'm no longer your little brother. I've been a soldier since I was in fifth grade I'm in ninth grade I can no longer be a soldier I am I made it to be the king And that's when I decided to leave So that's why I, I use that quote Because everybody thinks Okay, I want to be the top person Until you realize how much goes into it And you know that as yourself As a CEO, mm. be true, stay true You know that Everything falls on you, good and bad Even if it's not your fault yeah. And people cannot handle that. You got to be able to handle that and handle people's attitudes, ways of thinking, and everything. You know, and a lot of people. It, it was times when, even on my team, when people think everything. I said, "Yo, if anybody want to take over and be the leader, I, for, be be the leader for <laughs> one week. Yeah, be, be the leader for one week. Deal with it. Be and got to deal with thirty people's attitudes and thirty people's things and thirty people's problems. Child molestation." Uh, uncles touching them, people cutting themselves, people thinking about killing themselves, and still got to run practice.
0: Tough times, time, but so, that's what comes to leadership.
1: Yeah, exactly. It ain't for everybody, man. It's not. Yeah. I mentor other leaders because they go, bro, how you do this? How you been doing this 23 years? I said, listen, it wasn't easy, but when I needed help, I went to people who was ahead of me and asked for help asked for mentoring. Ask, ask, you know, I stepped down and became the soldier again. I may have been the leader of players, but I was a soldier at NBK Entertainment. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what i learning. I was a soldier. You want me to stand outside, Jeff, and hold Alicia postcards and flyers and stuff, even though I was the king over there? But over here, I'm going to be a, a soldier.
0: You know why? Because I need you to teach me how to be the king over here, too. I think that's one of the biggest things, too. Like, when you're a leader... You know, for all the leaders out there, whoever's listening, because that, that's who I really want this this podcast to really benefit those leaders. Like, when you really need help and you're at that point, it's okay to go back to exactly. the origins and who really put you on, your mentors, and even talk to mm-hmm. other people. Just pick their brains. I think that's a, a great trait that a lot of good leaders have.
1: Yes. Never be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid to say you stuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it was instead one of breaking time, your head, you know? You know, I'm, real quick. Okay, so I mentored another guy. His name is uh, Alonzo Williams. He's the leader of a, a huge dance crew in New York City called Rhythm City. Right. I had him when he was twelve years old, as a little kid. This kid, this guy, his group was the only New York dance team to make it on America's Best Dance Crew and made it to the final round, the last four. Because usually it's always LA crews. He went to China, all of this stuff. I'm older than him, and I'm his mentor. When he came back from to New York. I definitely went to him And said bro Can you teach me How you did your marketing how, how do you guys Look like superstars When you still live In the projects Please teach me Even though I'm Your big brother But guess what I'm your student right now And that's how I'll be that's, And that's the reason He's the reason Why I went back To scaling in 2012 Because he had A kids group And he said yo In order to keep Your legacy going You gotta make sure You have generations At the same time Not just your active But under and I went back home I always I always call Scanlon my home I said you know what Something told me Go back home And when I went back And I seen how the school was To me it looked like a graveyard Nobody was smiling Nobody was happy Everybody looked stressed And I went to Miss Vadilla I said listen I need to come home And I said the school need me again I said the school need me And she was like Alright And she allowed me to You know To come back And and look what happened I was changing people's life from day one Drew mm-hmm. Day one Day one, I was changing people's life. from the day I walked in and finally put my feet back in. And then why? It was because Sister Marie O'Donnell, God bless her soul, she was there that day. She told me to let Ed come back. Ed wants to come back, you let him come back.
0: Perfect segue into the next part. I went to Monsignor-Scantlin' High School for the listeners out there from 2010 to 2014. I was a sophomore when I finally met Ed. So 2011 into the 2012 year. And from my perspective... I was I, I was popular in high school, I'll be honest. Uh basketball guy, stuff like that. So when I saw this this guy Ed come into school and like he's trying to start a step team, I'm like, nah, there's no way that's gonna get off the ground because you know like basketball is where it is right now. Like we just had a really good year and we had a good coach from Rice High School coming in. So I was like, you know like like the cheerleaders might have more like juice than them or whatever, right? But the way Ed just came into scaling and like just changed like how he said it did look like a graveyard. Like people, like there weren't people around. There weren't people hanging out on campus like right after school finished. Like after school finished, everybody was out. It was either practice or on the Q44, Q50, home, like quick. But when Ed came around, you could just like his vibe is just it's just different. So when he was around people, people will gravitate to him. Literally, like be 30, 40 people just around him, listening to him talk, him cutting ass, or him just. Talking about something or him putting somebody on With a lesson or something It was something so different that Scanlon didn't see Like I remember sometimes I'll be late to practice Just because I was outside like just shooting the breeze With, with you And mm-hmm. if you could describe Why you well you already did why you came back But what what was your purpose What what were you doing
1: Okay so just like in Anything Christ the King Was like my mother You understand what I'm saying because I was in Christ King From first grade to eighth grade So, it was like my mother, but Scanlon was like my father because I learned how to become a man, a leader in Scanlon, right? So, it's in my history. Anytime they go, well, where did players start? I have to say that school, whether I like to or not. I have to say it. So, at that time, um, I I, I was going through a bad transition in my life. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I'm going to keep it transparent because, like I said, I've never – I don't have nothing to hide. I was accused of certain things – because I was around, uh, I was in an old girl school. I'm not gonna name the school. I'm not going but of course I was cleared. You know what I'm saying? I was cleared. It was a lot of just misunderstandings and whatever. So I was in a real down point in my life. And like I said, God told me to go home. God told me literally, He said, Yo, Ed, your job is not over. You need to go back. You need to go back home and you need to help those people over there. I don't, yo, and I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a very spiritual person. So, I may not go to church every Sunday, but I'm very spiritual. And when I walked on that campus, bro, I swear to God, I kept saying, I said, it looks like a graveyard. I'm from the 90s, where St. Helena's was St. Helena's, and then we had that whole campus, and we all was outside every day. Like, they forced us home, like, please get off the campus. So, to come back and just see, like, it was just no joy. It was it was like no joy, and I'm being honest. And I said, I said, Ms. Padilla, you got to let me back. I said... And she was, all right, start with the boys. And um, when I started with the boys, um, you know, um, I I came in and I did, um, and I told them, I said, look, guys, if you come here, give me two weeks. And I promise I'm going to have the whole school looking at y'all like, wow, I didn't know they could do that. You know what I mean? And it wasn't about the physical thing. It was about... It was
2: about I'm, 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 I'm trying on.
1: to put too hard for me I the PM, I'm on the phone Bye-bye. So, um, So You know So I told them And this is the funny story I'm going to tell you real quick They were all in the room We was in the classroom And there was girls In like the hallway In another room I said yo If you guys do this Right now This loud Watch how many girls Come to this classroom because they oh, half of the guys were like yo i don't know if i want to do this i don't know if it's going to be popular i said just trust me i said do this and watch how many girls show up i told them what to do they did it no lie five girls came to the door like what's, what's going on over here? I, and they said and no lie they said oh right so when they said that that's how i knew i had them i knew they was like all right we in your hands, big bro We are little brothers We in your hands do Whatever you want us to do, we do And when they did the first talent show um, As a team you know, I came with my crew, a few of my crew members And then they performed too And when they seen us perform And they seen how, how the whole crowd was reacting And everything And they were like, okay They serious about this So they, they really gonna make it happen here And once they bought into that then that's when the girls was like Oh okay we gotta do it too Because it's really happening You know what I mean When they saw that it was really happening It wasn't just like okay we are gonna do this one day a week and bye You know they seen how dedicated I was Because when we was practicing for that talent show That's how I was meeting some of the girls Because the girls were practicing Doing whatever they was doing And I would go up to them like Hi I know y'all don't know me But as you can see I'm the coach But I'm in the music business I'm, I'm in all of this stuff And I want to help your performance. You know what I mean? So I would go to them like, hey, won't you try this? Hey, won't you try that? Won't you try this? And they was doing it. So then they became friends with me. Like, oh, yo, this guy, is he's really cool. Like, he's really helping us, you know? He's not asking for nothing. He's helping us on his own to make... Because once again, if the school look good, then everybody's happy. So that was my whole thing. I I just wanted to change that culture. Because like I said, I'm from the 90s when... Man, we used to have Valentine's dance, this dance. Home, oh, we had homecoming. We had homecoming. You understand? We had homecoming king and queen and all of that stuff when I was there. When I went back, I said, "Where's homecoming?" They was like, "There is no homecoming." I said, "What?" I said, "So if y'all don't give them things to be happy about and look forward to, <coughs> then they're going to always just be like blah." You know what I mean? So yeah.
0: all we all we really had was that um the Halloween dance. That's it.
1: Yeah, we had Halloween dance valentine's dance christmas dance we had all of that when i was there so my you know my whole thing was i was just trying to get scanlan to get back to being you know fun and, and energetic because once again this is a school that saved my life you know what i mean yeah
0: so you felt like you owed something to it
1: i definitely owed something i definitely owe something because if it wasn't for scanlan i never would have met alicia Keys. because the guy that introduced me to my mentors was on my step team in Scanlon. He was my classmate in Scanlon. So if I never would have met him, I never would have met Alicia Keys. And it was, why? Because I was in that school.
0: So the, the second like coming of players, were they called a different name or were they still on players? Okay, so when uh, in your years, in the
1: 2012, 13, 11, 13, yep. 12, um, they, I first, I wanted to, the because I only had the boys first, they were called the Spartans. Because they wasn't good yet. So I didn't want to give them the
0: play <laughs> They yet. wasn't good yet. So you're not yeah. getting the name of players. Yeah, you
1: can't get the <laughs> name of players yet. They wasn't good yet. But I just wanted them to have that brotherhood. Yo, you know I didn't
0: I mean? know that. <laughs>
1: yep. So they were called the Spartans. And then when the girls came, um, I, I had them, you know, I knew that the girls were still young still doing dumb things, letting people manipulate them and stuff like that. So I wanted them to have pride. So I said, you girls are going to be called QU. And QU means Queens United. Like, you have to be a queen. So I know you don't know this. True story. When I first got all of the girls, it was 50 girls that came to the gym to be a part of the step team, right? Mm -hmm. I said, just like this. I said, any girl in here that wants to be on the team, look around. I know there's people in here that you don't like, and I don't like you. I said, today's Friday. I said, Monday, we're going to meet again. I said, Monday, if you walk through these gym doors, that means the beef is over. I said, you don't have to say nothing to each other. You don't got to have a meeting about it. Just in your head, if you want to be a part of this team, whatever issues you got, the beef is
0: over. All the girls came back on Monday Valid That was valid
1: So That Right there I already set the tone I set the tone Like listen Y'all gonna learn how to Respect each other Y'all don't have to Like each other But you are gonna respect each other Because This is how it has to be So I made them Come up with why their name is Queens. What Queen stands for, uh, uh, a symbol, all of that. I mean, and I gave it to Miss Padilla on paper. I wanted Miss Padilla to understand I was here and I was here for good.
0: Yeah, more more than, more, more than just step. More,
1: and I I made them give it to her on paper, a whole presentation, a whole presentation. She was like, it was like eight pages. She was like, dag. I said, yeah, this is how we going to do it. This is how I'm gonna run it, and stuff like that. So of course. You know, a lot of girls gravitated to me because they like, yo, this dude coming in here and he's really like making stuff happen. Like, it was, you was there, it was girls walking around the hallway going, cue you, you mm-hmm. know, like, so like the, like, the you hand gestures and everything. Hand gestures and all of that, you know what I'm saying? And it was the first time that the girls felt like that. I'm a part of something that, that has a history. It's just not something. It's something that has a history that came from the same exact school, it from, the same, it from the same exact yeah. seats, almost the same exact teachers. You know what I'm mean? saying? So, so that 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 that's that's what it was about. You know what I mean? And I told you, God, God got me through a situation. and He told me, okay, time to get back, time to get go, get back. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what I did.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You you ended up finishing up your time there at Scanlon And from from what I saw, like after I graduated Scaling too, we just stayed connected through Facebook and Instagram, you know, the, the usual. Yeah. We always we always kept to kept uh in contact in some way, you know, if it was through a like yeah. or through a comment, twenty yeah. first century, you know. Uh, I seen like some of your stuff you was a music producer too. Like, yes, sir. You wanna talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so uh, I got into the music production part through one of my steppers, who was a producer. And at the time, I was just doing the whole A&R manager thing with Alicia Keys and the other acts down at NBK. And he let me hear some of his beats, but he didn't have the right equipment. But I heard the potential. I said, yo, if you really had a real Casio or real this or real that, you would be, you know, your stuff would sound better. So he was Filipino. We told his mom, his mom. His mom was like, okay, if this is what it's going to take, God rest her soul. You know, she died of cancer. Rest in peace, Olive. She, but she was a nurse. She delivered babies at Mount Sinai. So, you know, she had money. You know what I mean? Like, she was one of those mothers that saved money. Whatever her kids wanted, as long as they did school, she got it. So he was doing his school thing, and she would, we would buy equipment. She would buy equipment, equipment. And... When he was making beats I was just dictating Like yo man Sample this man. Cut it like that Do this Do that And one day he said Yo I'm tired of you Telling me What to do You do it I said I don't know how to do it He said I'm gonna show you So he started showing me And as he started Showing me And showing me So it was one point where we was doing it We was making Four or five beats A night Like literally We have step practice Step practice in at like nine We get home by ten It's five in the morning We still making beats That's how much We love to do it and um, I, just over the years, I got better. I got better. Then, you know, I did uh, beat competitions. I was, you know, I lost the first four, but once I won that that one, when I won that one, everybody knew I was no joke in this in this music game. They was like, "Yo, this guy here, when it comes to beat battles, is a monster. He's a monster. His name is King Leo and Drew." When I mean, I used to walk into spots. And people get scared, like, oh King Leo's here, like, yo, you, you battling today? And I'm like, nah. They be like, Oh, thank God. I'm like, you know, but it was because I, I was hungry, man. Being like making music, man, you don't understand. You are telling your side of the story. You are telling your side, you're telling your story to somebody else. So when you play a beat and somebody gets emotional with it or feeling it, now they feeling your story with your life, what you went through. You know what I'm saying? So I haven't made music in a while because um, I have my youngest son, and you know that I had to sacrifice certain things to make sure my youngest son had his father around all the time and on call all the time. So I I, I left the production of music alone, but I still kept it alive by helping some of the players that want to do music. I helped them by putting them in different studios and getting different songwriters, hooking them up with my mentors that helped me when I was with Alicia Keys. Some of them work with them now, and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm still, I'm not in the music game, but I'm still in the game. But pretty soon, I'm going to be back on the music production side.
0: I feel you on that. So, like, when you were making beats, were you just making it just for, like, the passion, or that you liked it, or for artists?
1: Well, like I said, A... Of course we always had like artists. We 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 like submitted stuff for like fifty cent and like we had guys that were sending like email like yo look fifty looking for a beat, TI's looking for a beat, or you know, we had in- music in-, in industry people like yo, these people looking for beats, here, hook it up. Of course, you know, we had the local rappers and singers and stuff like that, like hey, and then of course we released like instrumental mixtapes for anybody to just download free music to make songs over it that's still on SoundCloud like that. So you know that's what it really for. We was trying to make it happen for real for real, but you know sometimes it just don't pop. We had a few a couple of songs on the radio from artists that made it on the radio, but it never took off to off to where it was. we could live off it. Like hey, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, being in battles and stuff like that, you know, we left our mark, especially, you know, I left my mark, man. I was people know I wasn't playing. I showed up. They like, whoo, here you
0: go." He about those <laughs> on. <laughs> so i got i got two homies that are still in college now one's tc he's a senior i believe he's about to graduate and i got another one his name is Iz. he go by Iz cash he's a rapper and then tc is like a producer now and like we know the general like everyone's either a producer or like a rapper at a young age but like these two like i could see like me you know like and it's hard to impress me like when when i see stuff like that i can see tc's passion i can see is passion for rapping Like, what would be, like, one tip that you would give those guys being young and um, in the music game for right now?
1: Well, right now, we are living in the age of the Internet. You don't need a manager. You don't need um, anybody to tell you anything. This is the world we live in now. You just got to do your music and release it. But once you release it, you got to pump it. You got to, like, promote it. You can't just release one song and then tomorrow release the next song. You know, you, it can't be microwave. You got to get people to know that song. You got to perform that song everywhere. Everywhere. Anywhere that there's a mic, you got to be there. So that's my advice to them. We are living in a world of social media where everything is recorded. People are posting and, and reposting and stuff like that. The internet is your manager. You are your manager. You got to get it out there. So my my, my suggestion to them, Practice your craft every day, every day, every day. Make songs that mean something. Don't do things that just because that's what's hot right now. Do, like, look at what 6ix9ine situation, all right? Yep. Perfect example. This dude was doing whatever he thought he had to do to become popular. Now his career's over. His career's over. He's not, he got to go to jail or he got to tell. You think anybody gonna listen? Why? Because instead of him doing what he wanted to do as far as like this is the kind of music I'm gonna make he said oh okay I'm gonna do this because this is gonna make me popular and now that I'm, I'm in it I'm gonna do more dumb stuff because this is what people want compared to him just saying you know what nah I'm gonna do what I want you know what I mean? So please tell your friends practice their craft every day tighten a song don't rush a song don't rush a beat wait till it's perfect the way you want it to be perfect then release it and when you release it pump it pump it pump it pump it don't just do it and then move on to the next because if you do that then the next person gonna do that how can i how can i appreciate your music if you are not appreciating your music you know what i mean
0: so you found ways to motivate people through step uh music producing while you were in school you also found a love for working out and being a personal trainer Yes, sir. What was, like, the real goal with that? And how did he even get into lifting and stuff like that?
1: I got into lifting through my brother because he's in the Air Force. And he used to have, like, the regular little weights in the house, little curl bar. Yeah. And um, I used to just do it because it was there. And this is a funny story. In 2003, I had already had, like, tattoos. And I used to wear my hat, my, my do-rag under my hat. It just so happened, 50 Cent wore the hat and a do-rag the same way I did. And I'm walking down the street one day in a tank top, and a girl goes, "Yo, you look like Fifty cents. I said, is "That a good thing or a bad thing?" She said, "Oh, it's a good thing." And that led to other things, but that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> that, that encouraged me to keep working out. So I used to, I used to go to a place called St. Mary's. Keep looking on, like Fifty. 143rd. Yeah. Listen, the women was on it. The women was on. I'm telling you, I'm not over exaggerating. The women, sooner the women, they're like, oh, look at this big black chocolate, <laughs> yeah, girl, Yo. How you, doing? <laughs> you know. But, but in all honesty, when I joined the YMCA as a as a, a coach, I mean, as a a regular worker, they wanted me to help run um, sports camp. So when I started running sports camp, it was the gym, basketball, all of that. So that's when I was under trainers learning the art form of working out compared to just doing it as yeah let me get the girls it was like hey listen you can help people mentally physically a trainer is like a therapist believe me that's why i have so many female clients it has nothing to do with um you know anything sexual nothing like that these women are telling me their whole life story as i'm trying to get their mind and their body right and that's what it's about i'm like their best friend because I'm seeing them sweat, I'm seeing them smelling like hot garbage, all of that. But we here to get the work done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Judgment free zone. So I got into the working out because A, it was a stress reliever, but as I seen entertainers on stage and at shows, they're out of breath. They is you know, they tired within the first two minutes of the show and it's like, yo, I came to see I came to see you perform. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't come to see you halfway halfway die on stage. Sorry, baby. I didn't come to see you halfway die on stage. You know, I came to see you perform, perform. So I used that, and I started going out and training dance teams, and and going to artists like, hey, you know what? You looked a little winded on stage. I'm a trainer. Let me work with you. See how much perfor- your performance gets better and stuff like that. So that's how I got into that whole thing, and now that's why I do boot camps. Um everywhere that that they're hiring me, you know. Um I, I'm actually what's crazy that the volleyball coach from Scanlon true story. I helped run a clothing store on Castle Hill. Um he came in there one day and hi, hi baby. And he came in there one day and he was like, Hey man, we were just talking and he said, Yo man, um I'm trying to get a job as a basketball coach. I just moved back to New York from down south. I and I said Hey man, listen, you should Google or go to a school right down the block called Monsignor Scanlon. I said they're very popular with basketball right now. They they this and that. And he said, Oh, cool, I'm gonna check it out. A couple of months later, I see him at the Kipps Bay, the Kipps Bay uh youth day outside. And he got on the Monsignor Scanning volleyball shirt. <laughs> Look at that. that hi. You say hi to, to the people.
0: Hi. What's
1: up, man? <laughs> Tell him your name.
2: My name is Mason
1: Nelson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mason Nelson. That's his name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let me finish, baby, okay? I'll be there uh, in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and that's how God works, man. You see what I'm saying? Somebody told me something. Even though I wasn't a part of that school no more, I still tried to help that school. I still sent people that way just because that's where I became a man at. You know what I'm saying? So even if you don't want me, I'm still going to be there because it's like a, a, a daughter or a son that loves the father and the father's not around, but you're still going to love your father. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you on that. And that's the kind of love that I have for that school. No matter how mad I am at that school, I'm still going to love that school because that's if it wasn't for that school, my son wouldn't be here. My team wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So,
0: I think that's another perfect segue into fatherhood. I've only yes. talked to two other people, Khalil and Nico, on my podcast episodes. I'm expecting a a, f- a lot more, but um, none of them, none of them are fathers or mothers or anything like that. What I'm not even in that mindset, and I'm not intending to be on it in another like eight, ten years. What <laughs> what level of like focus and. Where are you right now in the thought process of, like, being a father and, like, what, what, what is life like being a father?
1: Being a father is not easy. Um, I have two sons. I have one that's 13 and then I have one that's three. The one that's 13, he lives in California with his mother and her husband. And he's a, a dancer. So he's out there with his brothers and sisters and his mom and them. And they're out there dancing. So I don't get to see him as much. But when I had him, I was younger. And, um, it was hard. It was hard, man. It was hard with, you know, being a first time dad. So Mason gets my, my youngest, he gets a lot of the stuff that my oldest didn't get because I learned from having my first son, how to be a better father to my second son. If that makes sense. Of course. You know, so, um, yeah, through experience and through even dealing with, you know, both of their mothers, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's through the experience. So, um, you know I love being a father it's you know it's at times it's hard especially when you're not together with the mother but the kid didn't ask to be here so no matter what happens between you and the mom you still got to be the parent to the kid and love them and cherish them and show them how good life can be no matter what you're going through on a personal level you know
2: yeah that's big that's that's huge
1: Yeah. When it comes to my sons, I I don't play those games. When it comes to their mothers, we're all cool. We're all respectful to each other. I got mad love for both of my son's mother. You know, they both live in their lives and I always wish them luck. And I'm always here for both of them. If they ever need me for anything, because they both gave me a gift. They gave me a son. So, no matter what I go through in life or what they go through in life, if they call me like, yo, Daddy, I need you, I need to holler at you, or whatever, you know, I got so, I got you got boo-boo, mm-hmm. as you can see, a father's job is never done,
2: That's you okay gross. now? Yeah.
1: It's not going. Huh? It's not going. It's going? No. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay, feel better. Baby. You feel better? Mm-hmm. Okay, oh. see how that goes? <laughs> <laughs> Right. right here.
0: Yeah, that's 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 what it is. That's that's why I kind of wanted to do this podcast. Like, obviously, I'm in <laughs> Europe doing my thing, what I got to do. But like, I always felt like I know so many people that I could put people on to, But it's like I can't describe them perfectly. Like, if yeah. I could just have a conversation to send to the person I want to put on, then yeah. I feel like that that would be beneficial. Like, you have your your hand in so many like points in life. Like, you you do the step, you do the music producing, personal trainer, your father. You've been through it in the hood. Like, you, you yeah. motivated people. You inspired people. So, like, for me to say that to someone is just hard. So, I think this podcast will be able to help them. I did the one with Nico. Like, he wants to be a basketball coach. I know tons of people that love basketball and stuff like that. Uh, Khalil, he's just a creative, like, person. And he likes to do what he wants to do and, and embodies the weirdo um, kind of persona that he put on himself. And your life has pretty much revolved around being a leader, a barrier breaker, inspirational person, and being successful in everything that you put your mind to. If I was an outside person meeting you today, and I asked, Ed, what are you in the pursuit of? What would your answer be?
1: I'm in the pursuit of saving anyone that needs to be saved. And it can be through art. It can be through motivational speaking. Um, I, yo, Honestly, entertainment-wise, I've I, reached every goal that there could be I've performed on award shows you know I've been on television so many times I've been on movie sets I've been on video sets you know I've done it all but there's no better feeling than when somebody says yo and this is a true story I, I did a motivational speaking out of school cause for anybody listening it was a time that I was part of the New York City Blood Gang okay in the nineties, it was it was crazy out here. And honestly, I did it to protect my, my own. You know what I mean? And um when I had my first son, I had to leave all of that behind, you know. But what I did was I said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just leave these dudes alone. I'm gonna try to help them become leaders, businessmen, to lead that mindset in the past and let's move on. If God allowed us to live Then we gotta we we gotta leave that alone and we gotta move forward. You know what I mean? So that's why I go to the worst schools in the Bronx. I go to the worst schools in Brooklyn. And I go all to all these gang dudes that think they real gang, gang, gang. I go to Rikers Island. I go to Horizon. I mean, yeah, Horizon, which is on 149th Street, which is the juvenile center. The day I went there, we were supposed to do a show for eighty-nine inmates. We did a show for six because they had a gang fight. So they only allowed six of them to come watch us do our thing. And even the six, after I said what I had to say, they was like, yo, bro, I have to listen to you because you was just like me. You know, you had the same mindset as me one time, and now look at you. Like, I know I can do it. The last time I did a show at Rikers Island was a couple of years ago. We did it for the the female inmates, which was from ages 16 to 25. Mm -hmm. I walk in there. I brought majority girls with me, too, to perform because I wanted them to see what jail was like. I wanted them to understand, like, yo, just because you may not be a violent person, but you might meet a guy that wants you to do certain things for him, carry some drugs, or, or you know, carry some money somewhere, deliver something somewhere, you know, and get caught up, <laughs> and you up, you up in here, you know what I'm saying? For some, or you might be working at a bank, and you know, you you seeing those social security numbers and them bank numbers, and you're like, you know what? I, I I know I could get away with this. I'm only going to take a little $200 or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get caught up. So we went in there. I said what I had to say to them. They seen some of the girls acting. Mind you, the girls was acting up while we was in there. Acting up while I'm talking, trying to perform. And so they seen it. The next week, we go do a show in Queens at a regular step show. I see a girl running toward me, right? And so I'm like, all right, this must be a shorty, I know, you know what I mean? She jumps on me, gives me a hug, and she goes, Yo, I'm I can't believe I'm seeing you right now. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, and I'm looking like that, where well, I know her from. And she's like, yo, you don't remember me from Rikers? I said, Rikers. She's like, Yeah, I was there. I was there. She's like, I'm out of jail now. And she was like, Yo, I'm gonna do everything you said. Bro, you know how that felt to see somebody. Run to you that you know nothing about, but they remembered everything you said, and they got a second chance at life, and they still Remembered everything I told them, even in that chaotic situation, that they was in jail, you know, crying every day behind those bars. When I left that jail, that girl said, "I remember everything you said, and God get me out, and I'm gonna do my. I got two job interviews. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Thank you, thank you. That's better than any check."
0: That's better than any award show. That's fire, bro. I think you're on a, I know you're on a great pursuit in life. And I just want to say thank you for the hour and 20 minutes that you gave me of your time. I know you're with no problem. I appreciate it so much. Um, I really hope this podcast helps whoever is listening to it. If you need help in any aspect that Ed is involved in, Ed, give them your social media to your funny Instagram and how they can get in contact Yes, with yes, yes.
1: So please follow me on Instagram. It is King Leo twenty nine. King Leo the number twenty nine. Um, once you follow me there, you you it connects you to everything else. Uh, if you need to email me or the group, um, like I said, it's the Players Club nineteen ninety six at gmail.com. Um, like I said. Don't be afraid to ask me anything if you need help, if you're having suicidal thoughts, if you just need motivation, if you're in a bad relationship and you just need to understand how to get through it, please reach out. I don't I don't judge anybody. There's nothing you're gonna tell me that's gonna make me judge you. I've been through it all, I've seen it all. So, like I said, we're here to entertain. If you wanna step dancing model, Right, rap and you just need help to be pointed in the right direction, hit me on either one, the email or the Instagram. I'm on it 24-7. And um, yeah, I appreciate you, Drew. I'm proud of you, my brother. You're doing great things. I told you that. Even in scaling, I knew it was something in you, man. There was something I said, yo, that's why I'm in and We both Aries, bro. So yeah, I knew, right. you know, I knew. And I'm just happy for you, brother. Everything you're doing, man. You already know I always try to work with you with anything so we could try to make something together. Just like if people know in the Bronx, the summer, it was real bad. It was real bad. And the first person I called was Drew. First person I called. I said, yo, I got an idea. Let's try to make this happen. It didn't happen, but he knew out of all the connections I had, the first person I called was him. Was you, my brother, you know what I mean? Because I knew where your heart was and I know what you're trying to do with the youth and what I'm doing with the youth. So that was the best way. So like I said, anybody, anything, please let me know, man. Just just reach out. I'm here all the time.
0: Appreciate you, Ed. I can't say thank you enough. You enjoy the rest of your night, all right? All
1: right, no problem. God bless everybody. See you, Pops. Bye.
0: If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pursuit Podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and you chose to listen to mine among all others. I cannot thank you enough. I hope this podcast brought you some type of value and made whatever part of your day easier to get through. If you believe someone could truly benefit from listening to this episode, send it to them. You do that by clicking the three dots on the bottom right hand corner of your screen. Once that pops up, select Share Episode, and you send it to whatever friend. And may find this conversation useful. Lastly, before we end this episode officially, please subscribe to the Pursuit Podcast to get an alert every time I drop an episode. I'm looking at uploading episodes every Tuesday. If not, I'll be sure to keep you updated from the Instagram page where you can follow us at Pursuit Podcast. That's Pursuit Podcast, P U R S U I T P O D C A S T. I'm your host, Andrew Creel, and I hope your pursuit is filled with passion and purpose. Until next time, win the day.